0: John Oakley. Dr. Marty McCary, a professor at Johns Hopkins Medical School, author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Price We Pay. The greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic has
1: been the United States government. Misinformation... That COVID was spread through surface transmission, that vaccinated immunity was far greater than natural immunity, that masks were effective. Now we have the definitive Cochrane review. What do you do with that review? Over and over again, we've seen something that goes far beyond using your best judgment with the information at hand. We've seen something which is unforgivable, and that is
0: the weaponization of medical research itself. Wow, uh, that is very, very provocative. We've had him on the program in the past, and to many minds, he's a voice of reason, uh, despite all the naysayers who uh, would be critical, uh, because he stands on the science and the research, as I understand it. But the key word there is that this is unforgivable, the weaponization of medical research itself. Dr. Marty uh, McCary has joined us on the line from Johns Hopkins this afternoon here on The Oakley Show. Doctor, good to have you back on the program. Good afternoon.
1: Good to be with you, John. Thanks for having me.
0: So I'm kind of curious, uh, because of this, let's call it malfeasance, if you will, uh, is this willful misinformation that the government has propagated, propaganda, so to speak?
1: Well, in medical science, the proper use of science is to evolve your position as the data come in. It's The scientific method is one of humility. And one thing that we've seen is a massive lack of humility among public health officials They took a position, oftentimes it was wrong, and then they dug in hard and held on to it. I mean, if you look at where we are today, three years into it, they're still holding on to it. They still won't let Novak Djokovic play in the Miami Open because he's not vaccinated, and they're ignoring his natural immunity, and they believe in mandates, and they're still holding on to all this stuff. I mean, they're the ones who sued in court to try to keep people masked on airplanes, you know, like when will it end? Do we just have kids cover their faces for two and a half years and then just a couple more years just to play it safe? I mean, they are in denial of the harms of many of these restrictions. And if you look at misinformation, one of the biggest sources of misinformation has been the CDC and the U.S. government.
0: Well, you say the Biden administration position embodies everything wrong with public health policy today, and you list uh, a number of reasons. Perhaps most egregious is damaging the public health trust by being so out of touch with the reality. Uh, Have you got a sense that this is what's happened now? People are mistrustful of the health authorities?
1: Yeah, I'm worried because people are not going to show up for their screening colonoscopies and mammograms. They're going to hear warnings about new bacteria and uh, new fungus. And they're not going to listen to the CDC anymore. Why? Because they're so out of touch with reality, still to this day, recommending that toddlers wear masks in many parts of the country. I mean, they are so far out of touch that people are ignoring them. And one thing in public health is you cannot be crying wolf when there's no true emergency. And that's what they're doing right now. We just ended the state of of emergency with, where the government gets special powers um, a couple days ago in the, in, the, in the United States. This is not a good example for the world. I mean, there have been many catastrophic mistakes made by government officials in both countries, Canada and the United States during the entire pandemic. Perhaps one of the worst was closing schools. Now they look back on it and say, hmm, yeah, maybe we closed them a little too long. Yeah, like two years too long. If you look at the final analysis of Sweden versus Michigan, and the reason I say Michigan is Michigan had some of the most restrictive policies in North America, closing parks, closing schools. Now, it's the same population exactly, Sweden and Michigan, same proportion of older people living in each country The seasonal variation of COVID was identical. They got hit at the same time. The waves were concurrent. In the final analysis, double the number of people died in Michigan compared to Sweden, which was basically free and open with some limited protection of older individuals. That should be a scathing indictment. And what I don't understand is people are not interested in learning what we did right and wrong. They're just rewriting history based on their politics How do you have the largest public health intervention in human history and not evaluate it objectively?
0: Well, yeah, when you said at the outset, you know, it's the weaponization of medical research, uh, which is unforgivable. Could we also say it's been politicized then?
1: (laughs) The CDC put out the most shoddy studies that would not pass muster with any medical journals. They wouldn't even be publishable. And they put them out in their own rag called MMWR, this little online posting site journal of the CDC that's not even peer reviewed. They put out the the worst studies with terrible methodology that was so completely flawed, the results should be ignored. Many of these studies have been looked at by other researchers that got the same primary data set and found different results. And yet they would point to their own shoddy research and ignore the larger body of scientific research. That is intellectually dishonest and they know it and we know it. Instead, they put out the mantra that, oh, we have to make the best decision based on the limited information we had. That's not true. They dug into their positions and ignored the data that, COVID vaccines did not stop transmission. They knew that in April 2021, yet they continued the mandates to over a year and a half later. That is intellectually dishonest.
0: Again, with Dr. Marty McCarry, professor at Johns Hopkins Medical School, author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Price We Pay. And it's an evaluation of the science. Uh, I don't want to say post-pandemic because, I mean, COVID's still around. But nonetheless, uh, some of the things that we were told by the medical health authorities and uh, took as gospel, I guess you can say, uh, proven now not to be true uh, as the science is being followed here by the likes of Dr. McCary. In fact, let's talk about the kids. You know, uh, you do you, you do light on this in a recent article in the New York Post uh, that Amongst other things, the Biden administration, where they got it wrong, was downplaying vaccine-induced myocarditis in young males. Uh, what are the risks of myocarditis, and what should we know about, uh, you know, having kids being vaccinated with a booster shot? Uh, you know, and you say a twelve-year-old girl in her lifetime seventy times she'll get the booster shot, uh, elevating the risk. Obviously, tell me about this. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. Uh, right now, you've got people that are so vaccine fanatic, as I say. And look, the vaccine was something I was recommending strongly for people back when we had the original strains going around, and there were high-risk Americans that were vulnerable, people who did not have COVID in the past, they did not have natural immunity. I encouraged those high-risk individuals to get vaccinated. But now you have this, if public health officials get their way, a recommendation that a 12-year-old girl gets 70 vaccines in her average lifespan that a five-year-old boy would get 77 mRNA COVID vaccines in their average lifetime. The problem is, in order to make a recommendation in science, you have to do a risk-benefit calculation. Nobody can tell you what the risk of myocarditis is in a young male, but I'm going to tell you exactly what it is based on a large body of good studies. It's somewhere between 1 in 2,500 boys and young males to one in 6,000 young males. That means we have given myocarditis to probably thousands and thousands, maybe tens of thousands of kids who already had COVID in the past, they have natural immunity, but we told them they have to get vaccinated even though they had natural immunity. We ignored the data on natural immunity. That is an avoidable harm. So the kid has no benefit from the vaccine, which It's not clear that healthy kids are even at risk of dying of COVID. No one can ever give us the number. CDC won't tell us how many healthy kids have died of COVID, if any, might've been three, six, 12, over three years. They won't give us the number. They won't break it down. And we know that kids with immunosuppression or special medical conditions are at risk. And those are the kids where we recommend vaccination kids who have not had COVID in the past, they don't have natural immunity, and they have a special medical condition. But recommending the COVID vaccine for healthy kids, especially now that 95% of kids have had it, show me how they're benefiting and look at the data on myocarditis. It's real. It's real. So there's been tremendous harm of these college vaccine mandates. There's no end. They want to boost people. Some of these people would have you... Have you boosted every Monday morning when you show up at school or work? I mean, at some point, we have to say, this is not a a cult. This is a scientific process, and we need to make recommendations based on data. We forgot about data, and uh, many of these people are ruling by sort of political edict, and that's a scary place for us to be in the medical field right now.
0: Uh, You talk about natural immunity and uh, how these young people are low risk, Uh, the healthy young people, even where the World Health Organization has pretty much conceded the point uh, children, they should say, they say uh, should not get the COVID vaccine if they're healthy. Uh, But there was an argument that this would also prevent further transmission. It was like kids coming in contact with parents or uh, vulnerable, say, grandparents and so on and so forth. Was there any merit to that linkage?
1: Well, it was clear in April of 2021 that the COVID vaccines did not stop or reduce transmission. So the argument that you have to get vaccinated to protect others, that fell apart really quickly. Now, the drug companies had that data, but they took about three months to let it go to the public. And don't expect Big Pharma to be talking about natural immunity as a reason why you don't need a COVID booster. But the reality is, is that natural immunity has been treated like, oh, only, only conservatives believe that as a conspiracy theory. Well, how about we just talk to each other like scientists? The ultimate review on natural immunity was published in the top medical journal, Lancet, reviewing 65 studies in 19 countries and found definitively that natural immunity was at least as effective as vaccinated immunity and probably more effective because it's more durable so what do you do with that just ignore it that's what the public health officials are doing now these people are smart i'd like to think they're not but the reality is these public health officials are smart so how are they ignoring natural immunity i'll tell you when i have conversations with them offline they tell me look marty we cannot recognize natural immunity because that'll make the vaccine recommendation confusing, that some people won't know whether or not they should get the vaccine. They may think they had COVID and didn't really have it. So we have to keep it simple. In other words, the public is too stupid to understand science, and we have to just force people to get it, regardless of whether or not they need it, because people are too stupid to understand scientific data. And I just disagree fundamentally. I think a strong paternalism has gotten us in trouble and a lack of humility among public health officials will result in many more lives lost from other good medical recommendations and advice not being followed now.
0: So let me ask you finally then, because uh, it looks like hindsight 2020 and uh, in the rearview mirror as he was lionized originally, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, there's a, a critical reassessment taking place. How do you assess his role in all of this?
1: Well, Dr. Fauci was frustrating for me early on because I was warning as many people as I could in, on television, on different networks and radio and writing blogs on LinkedIn. Everywhere I could possibly warn people of the pandemic, I was warning people. We needed to make contingency plans. We didn't know what we were dealing with. It was scary. And Dr. Anthony Fauci was not sounding the alarm for months, January of 2020. February. It wasn't until the lockdowns when it was like, you know, the rapture, like the second coming of the Messiah, like everyone, where's your kids? And I got to run to the grocery store, you know, in the next hour because there's a run on food. He did not warn the country or the world appropriately. That was my first frustration. Now we know what Dr. Fauci was doing in those early months. He was leading a massive cover-up of the Wuhan lab leak theory, and he was commissioning articles to be written by scientists in medical journals, puff pieces, just concluding out of thin air that it was not from the lab. We now know that Dr. Fauci was told by some of those very authors of those papers that they believed it came from the lab, four of them. They told Dr. Fauci very specifically that they believe COVID came from the lab. So the irony of all of that commotion is that COVID with its massive burden and the millions of lives lost and the millions more of lives ruined by all of the back and forth of closures of schools and vaccine mandates, losing your job and all that, it was entirely avoidable. We should have never been doing gain-of-function research as a uh, 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 you know, in, in the world, it should have never happened. And it was ironically and embarrassingly happening, funded by the U S government. The entire thing was likely avoidable. So for that, I think people deserve an apology and I think people want closure out there. They want to move on, but they want some closure.
0: Let's effect closure on the segment. Uh, very, very informative and enlightening. Dr. Marty McCary, again, professor at Johns Hopkins Medical School, author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Price We Pay. Listen to The
1: John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com follow on twitter at am640 oakley you've been listening to a curious cast new podcasts and shows are debuting all the time so check back often to see what's new in the curious cast library